Welcome to our new podcast, Fact Checkers, with Cece and Tia. I'm Cece. And I'm Tia. Each week, we're going to pick a topic we think ourselves and the public should be more aware about. The topics discussed could range from world conflicts to money to social issues or to different religions. While this podcast is primarily made for educational purposes, our own opinions will be said during this episode. Our opinions are not and should not be taken as fact. All of our sources, named and unnamed, will be linked in the podcast description. If you want to learn more about the topics discussed, these sources are a good place to start. With that being said, let's jump right into today's episode where we will be continuing the conversation about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, specifically focusing on Palestine's and the Middle Eastern perspective. All right, bud, let's get right into it. Let's talk about Palestine now. Let's. Um, so I do want to focus a few things with this episode um, based off of human rights. And I'm going to go a little bit more in-depth with this one than the Israeli one, just because Palestine is a little bit older, has a little bit of a richer history, etc., etc., etc. And again, I am going to reiterate some things from the last episode. Like I said in the last episode, this started um, in the early 20th century, and this is a conflict between the Arabs and the Jews. So the Arab resistance to the European Zionist project of establishing a Jewish-majority homeland in Palestine was the major event that kind of spiked this conflict between the two states. Again, it's Zionism versus Mm anti-Zionism. Okay, so a little bit of a background on this. I do want to state that this is majority between having land versus not having land, but a lot of people do believe that this started as a religion-based conflict, meaning Judaism versus Islam specifically. Um, but it has grown into governmental governmental versus people issue as well as a geographical issue. Why Islam specifically versus like other religions? Is it because it's predominantly mm-hmm. predominantly okay? Yep, just because it's the majority in the area. I would assume if it was a Christian majority, they would still be kind of doing the same thing. Okay. Yeah, but they're kind of using it against it, against like the other party. What do you mean against? So because it's Muslims, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they will burn down uh, mosques. So that way, when Palestinians go to a mosque, they'll go to the one that's still up rather than the one that's burned down. So that way, it's like they're kind of moving them around. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're doing that with churches, too. Churches, too. But again, Christianity is a little bit more of a minority in Palestine rather than a majority. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So why Palestine? Okay. Palestine is a region that is prominent for its ancient history. Okay. I think you said this in the last episode that it is important for all Abrahamic religions. Um, It's a very rich area. Okay, so the capital is Jerusalem, and it's a holy site that is significant to all three, right? So it's not more important to Jews versus more important to Christians versus more important to Muslims. It's equally important to all. Yeah, like, I mean, I know that's where the Jews, that's the land God gave the Jewish people Mm -hmm. when, you know, back when Moses still walked the earth. (laughs) Um, But still, like, Jesus literally died in Jerusalem. Like, Right, and then we have a few miracles that happened there, too. Yeah, it's it's a holy land for... For all three. Every, uh, not everybody, but, you know, (laughs) the Abrahamic religions. Right. So Jerusalem is of vital importance to Muslims because it's the setting of where Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, performed his night journey to the heavens, where he received the commandment for prayer. Okay, so that's why it's important to the Muslims. So what is... I just want to learn more about that miracle. (laughs) So it is a miracle. So it was a singular night journey. Um, So this was from Mecca to Jerusalem, which is quite far. Um, Uh, Really? Yeah. (laughs) Especially back in the day. (laughs) Um, (laughs) On horses. (laughs) This was specifically Prophet Muhammad's 
miracle. Okay. It wasn't okay. like, it was just his. Um, and it was a journey that was made by a servant of God in a single night from the sacred place of worship to the further place of worship, which is from one mosque to the other. So it's from the mosque Al-Masjid Al-Haram. Okay. And then Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. Okay. Yeah. So the Masjid Al-Aqsa is the one that's in Jerusalem. Okay. So he, in this night journey, he was basically just going from one prayer place to another prayer place, house of worship. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why it's important to us because it's almost unknown to make that journey in one night. So it's a miracle oh, for us. Yeah. Gotcha. So again, Jerusalem is holy for every Abrahamic religion, but Jerusalem is holy for Muslims because of this night journey. Okay. So it's not something that we all do, but it's something that our prophet did that made it like so as a miracle which is why it is important to us you know this is that the masjid al-aqsa which is in jerusalem that's where he received the commandment for prayer that's where god kind of like spoke to him and was like you know tell the people to pray what times to pray like you have the five the prayers five yep the reason why jerusalem is important for jews is because they have been it's believed that they have been living in that city for more than four thousand years mm -hmm. so a a lot of the reasons as to why Israelis believe that this is like, you know, oh my God, we, we deserve to be here. This is our land is because that Jews have been, you know, prominent in this city for the last 4,000 years. Mm -hmm. That's not to say that evolution doesn't exist. Um, obviously, a lot of people that were Jewish converted to Christianity when Christianity became popular and then again with Islam. So that's how it became mostly Muslim now. It's just through evolution. And the Western Wall in the Temple Mount it's, that's how the Jews refer to Al-Quds, Al which is that area. Um, it's known as the Wailing Wall where Jews perform the prayers. Okay. So that's why it's like very deeply rooted for them. Um, Jerusalem's importance to both religions is a foundational factor of the modern tension between the Israelis and Palestinians. So Jerusalem is one of the main reasons as to why they cannot come to a solution. So whenever they make a solution, they're like, well, what about Jerusalem? So they both want Jerusalem, essentially. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Jerusalem right now is split. It's split where like the Wailing Wall is and then our mosque is. I have an idea. Yeah. Why don't we pull a DC with Jerusalem and Jerusalem is like its own kind of thing. That's kind of what they're... <laughs> they're trying to do. That's they're trying to do, but then... I skipped ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's what they're kind of trying to do, but the Israelis are kind of surrounding it. So that's why Palestinians need like a passport or identification papers to be able to travel into the city to form prayers to do what they got to do gotcha yeah so it's a little harder for them i again i did say that i was going to dive in a little deep with this side i do want to dive in back to like the 1500s palestine yeah she's old the palestinians actually come into the old testament they do become it yes they they've been around for a, a long time hot second mm -hmm. <laughs> So between 1516 and 1917, the Muslim Ottoman Empire had executed complete authority over Palestine. So I think I went over this where last episode where the Ottoman Empire was like, hey, this is ours. And then the British were like, no. They're like, ha, you're funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, after World War I, the empire was kind of defeated and Great Britain gained control over Palestine under a mandate from the UN. Okay, the UN is basically what pushed Britain to get, get in there. Yeah, really dig in deep. Um, during the few years that Britain controlled the Arab land, they permitted Jews to return to it. Again, I'm just kind of reiterating. Um, however... And then in 1948, we had that UN... Yeah. What is that document called again? The Partition Resolution. There we go. Yeah. We had that. Yeah. Um, Resolution 181, if you guys want to look it up. But Britain wasn't able to maintain its control over Palestine, and the conflict between the Arabs and the Israelis kind of heightened after World War II. 
So um, I went over it briefly in the last episode, but basically after the Israelis came, they kind of wanted more and more and more, and Britain was like, I don't want to be involved. They dipped. Hoping to resolve the solution, the United Nations voted to divide Palestine into two independent states in 1948, which is when, you know, Britain was like, ah, deuces. And then the Israeli Jews declared ownership of the portion of Palestine that the UN promised them. And that's the part with Jerusalem. Well, both have Jerusalem. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Where the heck is Jerusalem? I guess I can Google that later. <laughs> <laughs> because the UN promised them this land, the Palestinians were very unhappy. And they were like, that's so unfair that you guys get to make the decision over our land that we govern and we're not even a part of the UN. And this whole thing just happened. And they kind of waged war on their enemies. So that's, they started a fight with Israel. They're mm-hmm. like, you guys don't get to do that. And then the UN was like, well, what else can we do? And then they were like, shut up, mom. And yeah, so <laughs> this continued. And then this continued. Um, so Israel's military occupation is considered illegal under international law. And the United Nations has repeatedly urged Israel's government to cease the occupation and vacate the Palestinian territory. So they know what they're doing is wrong. So going past the part in 1948 mm-hmm. where they divided, they're going past that line. Yeah, they're going past the lines. They are... They want more. So in like World War II, do you know how like people kind of confined Jews into like quote unquote ghettos? Yes. And those were like yes. the project. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so Israel's doing that to the Palestinians. Okay. And confining them up by neighborhood by barbed wire fences. And, you know, you kind of need a passport to be able to go to school even. And like you need papers all the time. Um, it's illegal. And okay. it's known. Which is why the UN is like, what the fuck? We like we tried to. We oh. gave you land. <laughs> yeah. Like, why are you crying about this? Yeah. Right. And then in 1967, Israel defeated neighboring Arab countries in the Six Days War. I want to explain the Six Days War, actually, just a little bit. for because yeah, I don't know what that is. Was it a war in six days? Yeah. <laughs> Good guess. <laughs> um, so it's also known as the June War. Oh, it was a war that was fought between Israel and Jordan, Syria, and Egypt, and relations between uh, Israel and its neighbors were not normalized. In brief, the Six Days War was when Israel occupied the Gaza Strip and the Sinai Peninsula of Egypt. And that's when the neighboring countries were like, you had no right to do that, we're gonna fight you. Which is a war in six days. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Israel borders Egypt? Well, there's a little water in between them. But... <laughs> okay, so a flight from Beirut, Lebanon to Cairo, Egypt is about 45 minutes to an hour. That's how close it is. And Palestine is closer to Egypt than Lebanon is. I don't know my geography very well. <laughs> um, yeah, we buddy buddy. <laughs> you, y'all ride up in each other's Right. <laughs> yeah. So everybody was kind of angry, launched a war with Israel. Israel was like, what the fuck? We want this land, which is why they kind of went over and occupied it. Um, at the end of the conflict, Israel had taken control of the West Bank and the Gaza Strip and the Golan Heights. Okay. Um, and West Bank, Gaza Strip, Palestine. What was the other one? Golan Heights, which is part of Syria. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the West Bank and the Gaza Strip were literally made for palestinians like when the un kind of split everything up they said these are your lands and the gaza strip and the west bank were part for the palestinians so the fact that they kind of took over those parts in six days it just means that the israeli army has complete control over those areas like they know what they're doing they they've probably been planning for it for a while and nobody really saw it coming well, at least it's my theory that they've been planning for it for a while. Do do you know what an intifada is? Nope. <laughs> Those words did not register in my head. <laughs> so an intifada is the Palestinian uprising against the Israeli occupation in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. It's basically retaliation. 
Okay. Okay. So there were two, two intifadas, two retaliations. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, in the first one, it began in 1987 in December in response to an Israeli truck crashing into two vans with Palestinian workers and passengers. Okay. Um, so that truck killed four of them. Gotcha. Yep. Hundreds of thousands of Palestinians participated in a variety of civil disobedience, which includes strikes, refusal to pay taxes, and boycotts of the Israeli products. Um, Israel responded harshly by closing Palestinian schools, making mass arrests, imposing a curfew, and shutting down protests with brutal force. You are literally seeing Germany in the 1940s just happen all over again. Okay. And then this is in the 80s. Yes. Yeah. So the second one, it's also called the Al-Aqsa Intifada, and that began in 2000 as a strike against Israeli policies that not only continue to violate international law, but to deprive Palestinians of their many human rights. Okay. So during this one, an estimated about a little under 5,000 Palestinian civilians were killed, and Israel, Israel instituted further measures to restrict Palestinians. Okay. Yep. So it did nothing, essentially. It did nothing except Israel get stricter with them. Right. And the only thing that happened, basically, is that Palestinians are dying. Yeah. Like, that's basically the result of it. Um, that's not to say that Palestine does not have people that work with them. Mm -hmm. I clarify that they do have groups that kind of fight for them. So one of the groups is Hamas. Hamas is the largest of several Palestinian militant groups. The name is Arabic in root and is an acronym for the Islamic Resistance Movement. The Islamic Resistance Movement has waged a fight against Israel since 1987 through suicide bombing. Oh! Yeah. And rocket attacks. And the main mission of the group is to replace Israel as a Palestinian state. So their job, not job, their, <laughs> their mission is to take over Israel's land. Like, just... Not take... To push Israel out would probably be a better way of saying so it. So just get their land back. Yeah. That, they, yeah. They want what was taken from them. And to clarify, mm -hmm. all of it or, like, the part where they clearly went over the line? If you ask different people or sources, you will get different answers. Okay. A lot of people say, well, it's what I think... Mm -hmm. is everything is always a step-by-step -step thing so once they get israel out of the land that they yeah so it's do. like if they get their parts back that might grow and they'll pull in israel where they keep taking their land back and everything gotcha yeah these are the intifathas are more so rebellions than they are organized like fights mm -hmm. um it's kind of in like the most diluted sense it's a comparison to when george floyd died you know when the van was hit and the passengers died in the van Everything blew into protests, riots, everything, which is kind of like the same when George Floyd died. Everything blew up into protests and riots. And yeah. Yeah. It just went a little crazy in the Middle East because, you know, nearly 5,000 people died. After World War II, the United Nations divided up the land of Palestine to give Jews their own land as retribution for the Holocaust. I have said that, but that's just to reiterate that there were lines drawn. And this they keep kind of refurbishing this treaty even through the intifadas and through them like taking the West Bank and like the Gaza Strip and like whenever something big happens they go back to it and try to redraw mm -hmm. the lines. Okay, so I did mention in the last episode how the US was allies with Israel and how the US kind of trains the Israeli military and kind of gives them those weapons. Yes. Okay, so the neighboring Arab countries invaded the land. I've also said this. Yes. Yes, so like the... Israel is scared of their enemies. Oh, yeah. okay. That's because the, Arab, the surrounding Arab countries are in the Arab League, um, and they're coming at Israel. They're like, stop doing that. This is our friend. You can't keep doing this. But because Israeli military were more disciplined and trained, 
After about 10 months, Israel kept the gains given to them under the UN plan and gained about 60% of the land that had been planned for the Palestinians. Okay. So all of the land that was drawn up for the Palestinians, they only ever got 40% of it. Right. Because Israel just kept pushing. Pushing and pushing and pushing. And that was due to the U.S. trained military. There's still, you know, debates on Jerusalem. That is literally the only thing holding them back. Because I think we explained this in the Syrian civil war. If the U.S. wants something, the U.S. will get it. Yeah. Their, their military is strong enough. The only reason they haven't is because of Jerusalem. Be- because they don't know who to, where Jerusalem No, no, no. They, know, they, they know that, the U.S. knows that Jerusalem belongs to Israel. That's what they believe. That's what they okay. want. Yeah. Um, but piss off one person, you piss off other people, right? So it's like surrounding countries maybe allies you never know if russia will get involved nothing so you they won't do it question mm-hmm. where does russia stand on all of this or well, do we know russia it's known that russia's closer relationship wise to the middle east and the u.s is okay yeah so because it's syria or because they're close with syria if something happens to their good old pal palestine <laughs> they might intervene so okay so okay yeah so friends of friends so let's say the U.S. is like, all right, we're going to break down this, not wall. They're not going to actually break down the wall. But like where the dividing line is, mm-hmm. we're going to get all of Jerusalem to Israel. Russia might be like, excuse me. <laughs> I'm like, hey, oh, what's And then up? Russia gets involved and then oh, we got a whole other thing to deal with. Um, I don't want to dive into numbers a lot, but Arab and Jewish children attend separate, unequally funded schools. The best universities in that land are Israeli universities rather than Palestinians, and then Palestinians never get admitted, even if they apply. If you negate that, Palestinians don't get the best schools, they don't get the most funding, they got to make do with what they have. Um, And they are majority of poverty, you know, a lot of them live under the poverty line. So unemployment is increasing rapidly throughout the Palestinian territories because people just keep taking their jobs. So 66, I said I didn't want to get into numbers, but I have to tell you this one. I literally have to tell you this one. So 66% of Palestinians live in poverty, um, which is defined as an income less than $2 per day. And then that's in contrast to the Israelis who make an average about $60 per day. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm sure the currency is different, but I'm just like... Um, let's look that up actually. So, um, one shekel is thirty cents. So one dollar, or is or is your statistic in U.S. dollars? It's in U.S. dollars. It's converted into U.S. dollars. So a Palestinian making about two dollars a day. Um, let's see. That's about six point six seven shekels. Oof. Yeah. Whereas sixty dollars a day. That's about two hundred shekels and four cents considerably richer so there are two types of solutions okay just to kind of wrap this up the first one would be the formation of a single israeli palestine state with full rights and citizenship to all of the inhabitants okay okay so so full palestine state like no, no no so they would be one country uno country uno country and then every citizenship would have a passport every citizenship would have voting rights everybody would be equal but what government would that be under it would be a mix Oh. Yeah, which is literally the most non-Zionist thing. Like, that's not what Zionists want, so Israel says no. Okay, there's about a million more Jewish inhabitants than there are Palestinian inhabitants mm-hmm. now. And this doesn't include the like the predicted influx of Arab immigrants that would potentially migrate if they unified as a state. Okay. Because I'm assuming a lot of Palestinians left 
because of all the fighting and all that. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But, like, you, if you have family there and they unified and there was peace, a lot of people will go back for their families or go back for jobs or, you know. Yeah. So the numbers between the groups will likely never be equal. An argument from Israelis is that adopting this resolution would mean that the end of the dream of the Jewish state, again, that's what I said, it's, like, very anti-Zionist for a one-state solution. And they feel like they were promised to have their own state. Mm-hmm. They feel cheated. Whereas the second option would be a two-state solution. That's when we talk about the splitting of the two states. Which they already tried. Which they've tried different <laughs> versions of, yeah, and like nobody likes it. Um, but it calls for the recognition of an independent state of Palestine and an independent state of Israel. This solution intends that the two would coexist side by side. They would be borders of each other. And in the event that Israel and Palestine would become two separate sovereign states with governments and systems of their own making, the problem is that they would fight all the time. <laughs> like, imagine fighting for so long and then just needing to be neighbors. Mm-hmm. Imagine, like, the person you hate being your next-door neighbor. Right. Like, th- there's no way that there's not going to be conflict with that. And it would just... Who would control Jerusalem? Like, right, it goes right. back to Jerusalem. Because Israel wants Jerusalem, Palestine wants Jerusalem. Yeah, it's... And Jerusalem's, like, in the middle so there's no way of splitting it up without one person being upset. Right. And then both sides oppose the other's claim of the area and deem it religiously and culturally significant to both sides. So the Israelis are being like, oh, it's not important to the Muslims and the Arabs. And then the Arabs are like, but it's not important to the Jews or the Israelis either. And then they're just fighting about it for control. And... So really a one-state solution, I mean, it doesn't make the most sense, but having a two-state solution is not going to be... A two-state solution is nearly impossible, whereas a one-state solution would... It's favored by the UN, Mm -hmm. because at least the war wouldn't be against people. It would mostly be civil war. Right. And it's easier to kind of stop a civil war. Well, let's not talk about Syria, but like... (laughs) I was about to say, I think we proved that it's harder to stop a civil war. You know how many third parties are involved in that? Yeah, yeah. So... It's what's favored by the UN. It makes the most sense, but then the Israelis are going to be upset because there goes Zionism. Mm -hmm. And then more Arabs are going to come back home to see their family, which means Palestinians are going to be the majority. Mm -hmm. And then the Israelis are going to feel like it's the 40s and World War II again. And yeah, that's literally it. That's, hey, that's the end of the... (laughs) That's that's, that's, the... So the... Is there... I know we talked with Syria that they said that one, somebody has to make a decision in order for this to come to an end. Mm-hmm. Is there some sort of decision that has to be made or what do you see being the end of this? See, the thing about Syria is that it's in, it's stuck in trouble because third parties are involved. Mm-hmm. Whereas, honestly, one of the only ways to get this conflict to stop is by getting third parties involved. Oh, so like if to get Russia to step in or to get to get someone bigger than the Saudi both of Arabia. them, yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, this is no way possible. But like the way I see it, you're gonna have to find someone that's not allies with either of them. Because if you get the United States involved, you know damn well that they're gonna favor Israel's like personal yeah. wantings versus Palestine. And then if you get like someone who supports Palestine, like um, like Russia or anything like that, they're you know it's just it's gonna be. It's not equal. It's not fair. So. so. So, so okay. So we have to get, not half, but in your opinion, you think third parties need to get involved in order for this to be like, stop it. They need a mother. Okay. 
Like if the UN had an army, it would have been done years ago. But, but the, they UN, don't. the UN is a peace organization. Exactly. So it's like <laughs> they don't they can't really step in other than writing it down on paper. Yeah. And then people violate things all the time. Clearly. So <laughs> it's how else are you gonna <laughs> This this will be a continue. Well, I mean, this how many years? What is it? Sixty, eighty years from the conflict. Yeah, it's over a hundred. Over because it was late nineteenth, which is oh. yeah. So it's over a hundred years. This conflict. Yeah, people out here just bullying, bro. Like, bullying. <laughs> I don't think they're really bullying. They're not. No, they're not bullying. Okay, well, that was fun. <laughs> It's a little bit more juicy than the last episode. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to our podcast, Fact Checkers. Um, this has been the conclusion of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Yeah. If any of you guys want to correct anything that I said, please, please, please feel free to DM me. Um, everything will be linked in the description box. And if I did get anything wrong, I, we will fix it. We will go back and fix it. Yeah, whether it just be in the podcast description or let's say in a future episode, we'll be like an episode, whatever. Mm -hmm. This We're having an update to that. All right. Thank you so much for listening and make sure you clean out your shower drain for all that hair that's going into it. I'm sure it needs to be emptied. I know mine does. That's literally my favorite part. <laughs>